You are listening to Perks of Being a Book Lover, a show about books, book clubs, and people who read. I'm your host, Amy. I've been a member of numerous book clubs over the last 25 years, and I've started quite a few. You could even say I'm a book club collector. I'm also a vintage bookseller, a traveler wannabe, and a fanatic about dogs. And I'm your host, Carrie. I'm an English teacher, a freelance writer, a blogger, and the person whose Instagram feed features more photos of my cats than my kids. Each week, we will talk with a guest who is a member of a book club about their group, what makes them tick, and what books really catch them on fire. We will also tell you about our literary lives, what books are on our nightstands, and other bookish fun. Welcome. This week on the show, we have Trisha and Jenny, two sisters who formed a book club almost 20 years ago, and it's still going strong. We will talk to them about how book club is like family, being a Silas House fan club, and how bookish spreadsheets bring joy. Amy and I are in the studio, and we've got two guests with us, Jenny Mulhall and Trisha Taylor. They are sisters. They are Louisvillians, and they are also in a book club. So Amy and I wanted to bring them in and talk about their book club, what it's about. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. You're older. You can go first. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I'm Jenny. Um, I have lived in Louisville most of my life. I was an English major in college and um, have been reading since I can remember. I was one of those kids who went to the library before vacation and took out 20 books and read them all on vacation. And I've never lost that love of reading. So I'm currently, um, I work as a content editor for an information research company. So still in, still read a lot actually. But, and Tricia is my sister. And I'm Tricia Taylor, and I'm also from here, obviously. I have two teenagers and a husband. I've been married 20 years. And I've always loved reading, but it kind of tapered off with college and grad school and working in a field where I felt like I needed to read a lot of nonfiction. And so the book club kind of came after that as a way to start reading a little more fiction for me. So tell us a little bit about your book club and how it got started. Well, I'd wanted to start one for several years before we actually started one. The one thing that I missed about college, I was an English major, was reading books and having those discussions about the books. So I went, went to Trisha and I said, hey, we should start a book club. And we each actually asked people that we work with, oddly enough. And actually the and wives. And some wives, yeah. Yeah, the wives of some of my male colleagues. And so we each kind of had like, I don't know how many we had in the beginning, maybe five of each. Probably. Um, for our first meeting. And that's how we started. And we were kind of in flux membership-wise for the first few years. Like, people would come and go. We've had the same 12 girls since 2006. And we started in 2001. Right. Our that's very cool. first meeting, actually, was at Holly Cook um, over our off Brownsboro. I know, yes. which is no longer here. So, local bookseller. That's pretty amazing that you have been together for that many years. Our book club's been together about 12 and... I feel like that, that's a big milestone to be in one that long. So I can't imagine being in one that's 20-some years old. Yeah, it's one of those things where it, it became was something that I'd wanted, and then it became so much more, and it's gone on for so long, and it's very grateful. It's really great. So Love I know it. before we started taping, Trisha, you said you were a little bit worried about doing the book club because you were afraid it was going to be too much fiction. Yes, because I had been reading books for my work, which was the mental health social work field, reading books like The Healing Power of Play and The Explosive Child and those types of books. 
And I was very into that and into the kind of the self-help section is where I would go when I'd go into a bookstore or psychology. And I just didn't know. And I used I used to love fiction. I was the kid. I remember fourth grade, Mrs. Lukey, my favorite teacher, reading during snack time when all the kids were running around eating their snack. And I had my fingers in my ears with a book there. You know, just that's all I wanted to do was to finish this book and who, who cared about running around the classroom. So I loved reading back then, but it had been so long that I really thought I was going to have a hard time getting into the fiction realm. And also just, you know, some of the the bookstores and that kind of thing you know there's a lot of mass-produced stuff and I just really wasn't into that I didn't want to just read what was popular well and I read so much in college that when I got out of college I couldn't read for a good two years not anything you know any big reading it was just so much and I've really missed it and wanted to get back into it and that was yeah, it was nice to kind of rediscover it because there were a few of us in our book club that for the first several years at least were always had always read every single book, which doesn't happen anymore. But we were part of that that group that, you know, we never missed reading a book, I think. And I was looking at our list. I think it's I think it was about the first four or five years that I read every single book, which was a big deal for me. I agree with you, Jenny. I was also an English major. And when I came out, I only wanted to read very light reading, things that were really easy to read because I had read often great novels or great pieces of literature, but a lot of them were a little bit of drudgery too, let's be honest. Okay, I'm the oddball because (laughs) I got out of, you know, college and I started reading books that I hadn't read, you know, that that were, they were sort of, you know, just things that you didn't read as an English major. And so I read Of Human Bondage by Somerset Mom. I mean, that was one of the books I chose willingly to read after college. So I was a little bit of a weirdo. It's funny, one of the bigger, one of the big books I read, the first one actually, post-graduation, that somehow, and I don't know how this happened, I graduated without reading The Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck. I didn't read any Steinbeck as I, an English major in college. None. I had read quite a, quite a bit, and I loved him, um, but I'd never read The Grapes of Wrath, mm-hmm. and that was the first book I finished post-grad, and I, I loved it. It's one of my favorites. So we actually, Carrie and I, when we were preparing just f- for doing this show in general, found this article in Slate from 2011, but it talked about sort of the origins of of the book club. It was interesting because it it said that it actually started like in the mid 18th century with women and they couldn't really achieve a higher education. So they'd have like these salons where they would invite um, usually men, these well-educated men to come in and talk to them about philosophy and, and different things. And then in the 20th century, there were a lot of publishing companies that would do um, the book of the month club, um, there was uh, great books uh, incorporated, the literary guild, and they would, people would subscribe to these services and would send them books. So it wasn't necessarily a book club, it was like a common reading. Like throughout the country, people would all be getting these books. And at that time, lots of people didn't go to college. But then as college became more, more accessible to many people, I think a lot of people may be like us, or even people just who have had high school English, and you learn these skills and how to analyze what you're reading. But then when you get out into the real world, you don't really have to use those skills very often. And this is a way to, to bring them in. So would you say that when you have book club, 
are you all really delving into sort of the depths of the of the work are you do you talk about metaphor and themes and universal ideas and all that stuff or <laughs> are you <laughs> well that's so funny that you said that because when we first got a book club together the one of the wives that was her question she came and she was feeling a little in- intimidated and she was like are we going to be talking about like symbolism and stuff (laughs) (laughs) and didn't want, you know, to feel, you know, stupid or whatever. But, um, I think we do delve, it depends on the book. And there are several of us, like I'm a dog ear page person and I try to undog ear them before they get back to library. But, um, and some people I think highlight, I also write in a notebook really some passages that really mean something to me. So there are several of us that I think, um, try to bring more of that to book club and two of them are probably sitting right here. Absolutely. But there are other ones, too. Um, but, you know, as life has happened and as we've gotten so comfortable with each other, you know, it's not always book club stuff that right. we go over. Right. But we do. Yeah. I think we do delve into things and well, get heated sometimes. Yes. But. What's what's really interesting is when we first started out, and I was kind of the de facto leader of our book club, We I, I would try to, like, get some stuff get some book questions together for the meetings and it was a little more formal and and you know I wanted to start out with a quote or sometimes or whatever we've gone for so long that that has not happened in a really long time that it's so organized and formal and I think some of it is that we know each other really well and um, not everybody reads the book in our book club and you don't have to thing is you don't have to read the book but when we talk about the book you can't be over here having this conversation. Just listen. Yes, that's um, so distracting. It is. And I, and I, in all honesty, I was actually given a gavel early on. An actual <laughs> gavel. I need a gavel, Gary. I need a gavel. <laughs> to uh, corral everyone. Um, we are also guilty of talking about, not talking about books, too. Oh, yes. But we, we do. I think it does depend a lot on the book. I mean, sometimes you read books that there's just not a lot there. Or, you know, sometimes someone will bring up something about a specific character and we'll really talk about a character or... Yeah, I think it's less about, less discussion about symbolism and structure and more about the characters, the families, you know, their situations and if it's relatable or not relatable or shocking or what have you. Well, and the one really great thing about when you read any kind of book, if it's, you know, a quality book... It can, even the people who don't read the book can contribute to the conversation based on someone else saying, here, they're talking about this crazy family dynamic, and they're like, I can really relate to that, even if they haven't read the book. Absolutely. Um, Which is great, yeah. Well, and, you know, in in school, you know, most English teachers will talk to kids about, you know, you you can make text-to-text connection. So right. how does this book make remind you of another book? How does this book text to self relate to me and then text to world? How does this text relate to just things happening in the world presently or in the past? So sometimes I think, you know, even though for me personally, my heart, I love sort of to get into the meat of it and what are the symbols and all this stuff. But that relatability factor, that is still analysis. That's right. really important. And so I think sometimes that people think they aren't uh, quote unquote smart enough to be able to have an intelligent discussion about the book. I think people have sometimes have an idea that to talk about a book, it, it can only be those deep uh, symbolic, you know, metaphor and all that stuff, but it's that relatability that anybody can contribute to. So how do you all select the books that you read? 
we used to do it way more complicated than we do it now. <laughs> we used to have each person, if it was your month, you would come with three books. And then our Jenny would send out before the book club a description of the three books. And then we would vote between those three. That has gone by the wayside. Yes. So it, you can tell them how we do it now. Well, we've simplified a bit. It became a lot of wrangling when emails and I need you to send me your books. And mm-hmm. <laughs> um, But the other thing, we have 12 people in our book club. And there are 12 months out of the year. So we decided everybody gets a month and you pick a book and that's what we're reading. You know, our only caveats ever have been we'd like it to be in paperback because there are people that do like to purchase the books. And there have to be enough copies at the library because we have a lot of people who get the books out of the library. Have we ever made an exception? One of our upcoming books is Becoming by Michelle Obama. And I think we'll read that in November of this year. Okay. Um, and I don't think that's in paperback yet. So, have but you, it has plenty of copies at the library. Right. <laughs> have you all ever utilized the book kits that the library has? A couple of times we have. Once or twice, I feel like we have. Yeah, we actually, we've, we pick like five or six months out for our books because we have a lot of people who like to read ahead, but also, you know, availability for books. We've actually had to switch months um, several times when no one could get the book from the library if it was super popular and we had to do that but people like to read on different formats so Mm -hmm. some people prefer their kindle or you know some people like an actual copy or really want to have their own book so the book kits for us probably right i think maybe we've really i think once we've used it so our book club does utilize them when we can if it's a title that we can get in a book kit So for those who don't know, the Louisville Public Library offers a great service where you can get a book kit on, I don't know, I think they have at least 100 titles now. I'm not exactly sure how many. It it has increased recently. But in the book kit will come 12 copies of the book. If it's a title that is a children's book or a middle grade book, oftentimes there might be even a class set. Um, There was one we did last year that was a middle grade book, and I think it came with 30 copies. And it also usually comes with um, uh, discussion questions that you can use if you want. And you can check those out usually for six weeks at a time. They have a new reserve calendar for those. So the book that we're reading for August, A Walk in the Woods by Bill Bryson, they have a book kit on. <laughs> and I was able to reserve it back in March. But I put it that I want it on Jul- I want to pick it up on July 4th. Oh, I didn't know they did that. And then, you know, so we can kind of schedule it out. But we have a much larger book club than you. We have usually around 15 people who come each month. Oh, my gosh. Our total numbers are about 23, but about 15 people come. So, (laughs) Tricia, I'm curious. You laughed when when she said A Walk in the Woods. Have you all read that? We have. I don't think we've ever read it as a book club, but but I read read it it. a long time ago. And so there's one one particular scene that I always think of when I hear that book. So I won't share since you guys haven't read it, but it just makes me chuckle every time. Is there a genre that your group normally reads or is it a little bit of everything? We We mostly read fiction. We mostly read fiction. It's, um, yeah, I think it's about 70%. Yeah, I would say. According to the numbers. Yes, (laughs) I did. So last year for our anniversary, I did kind of a book club by the numbers thing to see how many like female authors we read versus male authors and one of the things I did was 
that how many memoirs and how many young adult books and how many books were like the number one of a series and but the not the fiction nonfiction yeah it's about seventy percent fiction to thirty percent nonfiction. Right. We do have a lot of um, similar themes that come up like the complicated families dealing with tragedy stories of the underdog which are always my favorite someone who's overcoming something. So I have a question because you've mentioned this a couple times sort of like a list or a you know your record keeping. So right. do you all like, what is that like for your book club the, as far as the record keeping? Cause is I it imagine... a spreadsheet? Yes. Or... yes? I, okay. have, I have an Excel problem. And I love spreadsheets. <laughs> I have... It comes in really handy though. It really does. Um, and actually I've had conversations with just friends, not in my book club. And they're like, what are you reading? I'm like, I can send you our spreadsheet. Yeah, and then you can look at it and think of things like, wow, 2004 was a really good year. Right. (laughs) Like a fine wine. Yes. Or it's like, what happened in 2012? I hardly read any of these books. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I keep a spreadsheet, and every once in a while, I'll just send it out. And um, just to, it brings me great joy to look at it. And actually, in, in anticipation of this, I reprinted it out from 2001, July, when we started to uh, the end of this year because we have our our books picked through the end of the year and it brings me great joy. I love it. Record keeping is interesting and it has changed a lot. When we first started, we were solely on email. That's how we communicated. And now actually, I think it's been six or seven years. Right. Our last two holdouts joined Facebook. (laughs) And so we created a private group on Facebook. A A secret private Facebook group. And that's where we do all of our stuff now. Um, it's just so much easier to, because people will change jobs and their emails will change, email addresses will change, and you know you can see when everyone's seen it. I actually create our book club meetings as events, so they automatically get invited and then they get reminders. And it's really easy and helpful. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's actually worked really well for us. And you know we we're so much of a family at this point that that's kind of our hub where we share things or funny little memes or if if one of us reads a really cool article about book clubs or any you know any book in particular we just really recently realized that silas house was selling his house in berea yes and we're we're all a little obsessed with silas house. yes he lives so, in lexington now yes i knew that he moved yeah. yes. but i didn't know to where yes yeah so that was something somebody posted and yeah we so like, we, we oh. viewed his house for sale yes we so did. <laughs> what, like will there be a, a book club field trip like are you going to be we actually we take a, a yearly retreat every year four days in the fall used to be two days then it, it was three. Yes. <laughs> then it turned into four. Right. We just keep adding days because right. we love it so much. But this year, we're actually going to Berea for the first time. And immediately, when you say Berea in our book club, you also say Silas House. Um, so we were kind of hoping to maybe, you know, get him to come and talk to us. And, and hang actually, out. one of our members um, has a friend who's friends with him. Wow. So right. she is gonna try to talk to right. her see if he'll come and down see, yes. and do a little uh book club visit yeah yes. or even just yeah just i'd like to listen to him talk oh, i mean yeah. he could tell me yes. bedtime stories i love his accent it's, i'm going to see him on thursday great. at the library yeah. actually again we saw him we last saw him summer at, for, yeah yeah he it's funny he's actually our author we have read the most um multiple times so did you read the tr- the trilogy, the no, Clay Quilt? Our, our and... book club only read A Parchment right. of Leaves, but okay. most of us have read right. all of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. We read Eli the Good, Same Sun Here Leaves, we also did here. for book club. Um, did you read Southern most? Not for book club. Yes. Okay. I Silas House is one of those people, and I have several author-wise. Ann Patchett's another one for me, where 
if they recommend to me yes. a book or if they, you know, put up a list or, I, you know, because I've read almost all of their works, I put great stock in what they recommend. Yes. And what would Silas House read? Right. <laughs> yes. We, we should make bumper stickers. Yeah. <laughs> so do you follow him on Instagram, Twitter? Oh, yes. How do you see yes. his recommendations? And sometimes he comments on some yes, of the things sometimes. that <laughs> Sometimes he'll like one of my like if I if I mention him he's actually or liked the comment us. yeah yes. he doesn't know who we are but we we just love him we love him you could pretend I could <laughs> pretend I do sometimes no. I follow him on Goodreads too so I can kind of see you know how many stars he gives certain books right. and things like but that. but he does mention a lot on Instagram books he's reading or and he'll he kind of sometimes tells says why he loves it like the language is so beautiful or and it also works in the opposite way um, one of the girls a couple of years ago suggested the book hillbilly elegy and we immediately silas house had just come out with something about how he did not like it he didn't think it was reflective of the you know appalachian it was really interesting because i've heard that from multiple people since then and one of the girls actually was going to suggest it again and i was like so oh we kind of try to silas talk house out of said it. no <laughs> right if silas wouldn't it's, do it we won't right. do it either right. i'm sorry this is sort of a side note, but in Berea, there's another author who grew up there, Kimmery Martin. I don't know if you've read her book. Oh. Um, she had a New York Times bestselling book last year called The Queen of Hearts. And it's a little bit like um, a Grey's Anatomy. There's a love story in it, but she is an emergency room physician herself. But oh. she grew up in, in Berea, and her siblings still rent out a... Airbnb that was their family home there that actually our book club stayed in this past fall because we want to be like your book club is it the big hill house yes that's where we're staying (laughs) because not everybody can come normally we would have outgrown that place but not everyone can come next year and so it's actually the perfect fit yes so So we're going there this year we are so there's a lot of literary connections with Berea Kentucky yeah we're excited to, to go there so tell me about this cozy sock swap that that you all do one of the things we discovered early on within the first few years is that december is just crazy for people and so we decided that we only read 11 books a year december we kind of decided to make a read your own and so you come to book club and you're like oh i've been reading this and oh that sounds good but we actually started the sock exchange out it was a cookie swap Forever. Forever. Until the last two years. So we would do a cookie swap and everybody would bring their cookies and their Tupperware. And a couple years ago, we're like, we don't need this many cookies. We don't need these cookies. (laughs) So someone suggested the sock swap. Because who doesn't love cozy socks? That's right. Absolutely. You can always use more socks. Mm -hmm. I I, uh, go to a favorite things party every year. And I like cozy socks that have curse words on them so oh, yes. those are my oh, favorite show up too. Yeah. Yes. i have a few of those yes, yes yeah. i do too <laughs> those are my favorite so is there anything about your book club that you think makes it unique from others anything special about it i mean i think we are like family but we actually are a family we have two sets of sisters a cousin pair and actually in-laws my sister-in-law is also in the book club with me too so we're kind of wow already a family and then you know family you know the rest of us too um also we named ourselves what's your name (laughs) i don't know when we named ourselves it was it was probably the second year because i think that's when we read we read the reviving ophelia books right and then we had conversations about um another book that was kind of similar the 
Queen Bees and Wannabes book, and we had read an article talking about the different types of girls and the hierarchy. Right, so that was the, the alphas, the gammas, and the betas. And the alphas were the popular girls, basically. And the betas were the girls who wanted to be the popular girls. And then the gammas were the girls who were just like, did their own thing, and they got along happy with their parents. And yeah, they were happy to be themselves. And we thought, well, that's really interesting, because right. that's very reflective of who every one of us So is. we're the gamma girls. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Have you ever found that you were surprised by the reaction that one of you had to the book? Like, as sisters, did you ever surprise the reaction that your sister had to a book that you read? That's a good question. That is a good question. Because we, we're very alike in some ways and very different in other ways. And because we have we came out it from I read mostly fiction, she read mostly nonfiction, some of the books that we read that are our absolute favorites are the same. Poisonwood Bible was oh, a good example yes. of that. I don't know that I've been super surprised by a reaction. Sometimes there I There are will... some books that you really love that I don't. You, well, have, you and have some different tastes. And sometimes, sometimes Trisha will say, okay, have you read the book? And I'll say, yeah. She goes, well, I like it. And I was like, yes, you really will like it. So spend the next week reading it. Or, you know, I don't know that you will. And so I yeah. wouldn't worry about it. Um, and I used to have a commitment issue with books um, where if I started, I was going to finish it. I don't do that anymore. No, nope, life me is either. too short. So, you know, if I know already, it's probably not something that I'm really going to enjoy or not in my wheelhouse or not ready right for me at that time. I'll pass. You don't sweat it. Right. <clears throat> I don't sweat it. <laughs> That's a really interesting point. One of the books we read early on was An Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison, which I read in college and loved. And when we read it for book club, maybe it was the time we read it. Maybe it was just I was in a different place. I didn't love it. Yeah. And I find that I've actually found that with several books before, and which I find I always find so interesting because, you know, it could be that the timing is wrong for you. The Poisonwood Bible that I mentioned, so many people suggested to me that I read that book. I love Barbara Kingsolver. I owned that book and tried to read it like five times. Started it and I was like, I just can't get into this book. So I actually suggested it for book club because the people who told me that they loved it, I trusted their opinions, and I love her as an author so I suggested it for book club because I'm make myself read it and I ended up loving it it was super long and Trisha loved it too and we both mm-hmm. at the end were like I wish it was like 400 more pages I know and <laughs> that I wanted is to a read high it again. compliment <laughs> yeah. well I think that's why my stack of books keeps growing though because there are books that I know whatever's going on in my life at the time or however life busy life gets I know I don't really want to read a specific book or there's a certain kind of book I want to read and it's just not there. So I kind of keep a really tall list, I guess, going. Um, And then there are some books that everybody loved and I didn't love and I really didn't love and I think I should revisit it. Maybe I just read it at the wrong time whatever was going on. A heartbreaking work of staggering genius. (laughs) Right. But then I gave, it was a heartbreaking work of staggering genius is what comes to mind. And so I gave this book to a friend to read recently and um, she read it and she also didn't like it. And so maybe it's just not the book for me. I don't know. I wanted to like it. But I bet it sparked interesting discussion. I find sometimes the best discussions in book club are the books that people disagree on. The the books that everybody loves, sometimes I find aren't that great of discussions because everybody's just saying, yeah, I really really like this book and it's for these reasons. And everybody's like, yeah, me too. Well, then you've got nothing left to talk about. That's true. (laughs) One of our best discussions we had 
was Under the Banner of Heaven. Which is John Krakauer's story of the two Mormon, they might have been brothers. The Mormon fundamentalists. Right, who... um, was it Warren committed Jeffs? murder, yeah. like a double murder, um, and then kind of delves into the culture, and then it goes beyond yeah. the beyond that. That sparked was, a very interesting discussion. I mean, we were all intense. we were all on board. I think everybody really liked that book, but there was just so much there to unpack. And those are the discussions where, when I think about it, I remember exactly where I was sitting in our friend Natalie's basement, exactly like what was happening. Right. You know, sometimes we do. You know, certain book clubs are, oh, that, you know, we forget where we were or whatever. I remember exactly. <laughs> that's that's funny. Sort of like, you know, when JFK was shot. Right. Or when the <laughs> you remember where, those, those are bad situations. But I know what you mean, though. I hadn't really thought of it like that. But there have been a couple of discussion, really good discussions we have. And I can remember exactly where right. I was sitting and whose house it was at. And well, and along everything. that same lines, we started in the summer of 2001. So we were a young book club when 9-11 happened. And our book club got together the day after which was our regular meeting which was our regular meeting at your apartment Mm -hmm. and we didn't talk about the book we watched the news and just kind of were in shock all together what was it about those particular books that brought about the best discussion well, the but, red tent, I mean, is really a story of women, and that's another one. I remember we were at Victoria's house. We were. <laughs> we actually pulled out a Bible during our discussion because despite the fact that a lot of us had grown up Catholic, Catholic or Christian, or Christian we, none of us really, we, you know, it was a story about... Dinah, uh, right? Right, yeah, from yeah. the Bible. But mm-hmm. there's literally like one line on her mm-hmm. in the Bible. Those books had broader themes than just here's the dynamic of, of, of the story. In Sing and Buried Sing, there's the drug abuse angle and all. and, and um, A little bit of a ghost element right. in that book as well. In Middlesex, there was the sex, the whole sexuality aspect of it that was really interesting. And the religious aspect of the Red Tent, which... Right. Um, so they were. it seems like there were broader themes, and it wasn't and just actually, a small story. Now that I think about it, they're, you know, they're all kind of things that... Themes that were not super comfortable with maybe you know religion is not something that we talk about a lot in her book club and then or that we're not familiar with and then Middlesex which is it was the hermaphrodite story right, right? and then what was the last one Sing oh, sing and bury sing. sing, and so it's drug use and ghost and just a different family, Weird family prison dynamic. situations and yeah so if you could give advice to someone forming a book club or who, who wants to join a book club, or is in a book club, what advice would you have for them? Uh, I say know your purpose and kind of your expectations. Um, and you need a leader. You need someone right. to kind of do the organizing, to send out the information, to kind of get people together. Right. Because everybody's so busy. And if there's one person who says, we like we meet on the third Tuesday of every month, regardless if two people can show up or you know, 10 people. It doesn't really matter. The, the objective, the purpose is important. Expectations. You just, I, it's funny because actually I love our book club, but I would say it has gotten away from the, as much book discussion as I personally would like. Right. It's a very social, right. social group at this point. So I've actually started thinking about starting another book club. I actually went this past week to Carmichael's for the first time to their book club. They discussed uh, Educated by Tara Westover, which we'd both read recently, not book club related, and loved. And it was it was great. It was everything that, it was an hour long. It was 20 people. I didn't and know any of them. And you guys stayed on task, right? We stayed on task. Yeah. We talked about the book. It was pretty great. But I want both. Like, I don't want my our book club to be any different than it is. Um, and it is, it's more than just the books, but it is 
reading is the is the reason we're the love of reading is the reason we right. all came so, together in the first so place. So someone's starting a new book club, you probably need to talk about those things. Is it really right. going to be about the books or more social or kind of a mix? One thing that we've done in our book club, um, because I tend to be more of the stickler, I, I go for the book discussion. You that's, need the gavel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's what I go for. And so sometimes, you know, after we've discussed the book, when things start, I think of it as falling apart. I'm like, okay, bye. I'm out of here. Um, but what our book club has done is we do extra things. And so Amy will post on, because we have a Facebook group, she'll post things that, Hey, does anybody want to do this? Does anybody want to do that? And so whenever she says an author's coming, I'm like, I'll go. But if, if somebody's, um, you know, going to a wine tasting, that might not be the thing that I say, I'll go to. So I think we've kind of tried to handle it in that way. And then we also, for about an hour, you know, everybody gets there and for an hour, that's our social time. And then we start discussing the book. So I think we try to make it so that everybody's gets something of what they need. Well, thank you for telling us about your book club today. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're all going to talk about what books are on our nightstand and what we're reading right now. So we are here with Jenny Mulhall and Trisha Taylor, and we are going to talk a little bit about what you're reading right now or listening to. Uh, Jenny, you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. I actually read several books at a time now in various stages, but one that I just recently started um, is The Lost Man by Jane Harper. I've read her before. Uh, A friend of mine recommended her books to me. Um, She has a series. They all take place in the Australian Outback. And they, there's a, a, a detective that kind of follows through. And there's only, I think she only has three books. The first two are connected. This is the third one, and it's not part of that series. But it's like a murder mystery, And um, although you don't know that right away. Um, and I think, I think the one brother was sleeping with the other brother's wife, but I, I can't confirm that <laughs> yet. But, I, you know, there are books that we don't generally read in book club. I like a lot of, like, mystery. But they're, they're literary. They're very well written. They're, um, and it's, it's really good. It's, it's, they're page turners for me. And sometimes I need a break between reading a really heavy book. And I, I need something that I know I'm going to be able to read really fast. Um, and those are, those are the kind of books that read really fast for me. And those, I've not read any of hers, but I've heard especially the one she wrote called The Dry. It's like a really great book to read in the summer because it just makes you feel so hot. It's it's very atmospheric. The Dry? That's The Dry. The Dry. Yeah, that's one of the Mm -hmm. ones in the the little, um, the series, Mm -hmm. the the detective series. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about you, Tricia? I'm reading An American Marriage. And who's the author? Tayari Jones. Yes. And that's actually our book club book that we're discussing a couple weeks ago so usually I finish the book club books by book club but I have not and you haven't either I have actually. not that is one of my pro- in process right so process. I'm about two-thirds of the way through and it's a story of a kind of a newlywed couple who um, the husband gets accused of something he did not do and goes to prison and it's just their story of how their life changes in those years that he's in there and then as he's getting out what he's coming home to so I don't particularly love it. It's okay. I really like it. And you really like it, yeah. Um, and I don't have to, I don't like any of the characters, with the exception of one, but I don't really have to like any characters in a book. In fact, there's a book we read a while ago, the um, Celeste Ng, Everything I Never Told You. Yes. 
I adore that book. Yes. I loved that book, and I didn't particularly um, respect or like many of the characters. They were all flawed. I just wanted them to speak to each other, open their mouths. Um, but my point is, even if I don't like the characters, I can still really love a book. But this is not one of those books in American Marriage for me. We just saw Celeste Ng at the Louisville Free Public Library when she came and did a book talk. Yeah, I, so. I waited too long and it was sold oh. out. Did you read Little Fires Everywhere? Have no, you read that one I yet? Did. I, I did. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. She's one of those authors that we read because of book club. And I have picked up another of her books because I love the way she writes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I've had several that have been like that for me. She was a really good speaker. Uh, Ann Bogle interviewed her at the, at the library event. She said very interesting things about the writing process and how she comes up with her characters. And So I'm sorry you missed it because I think you would have really well, liked it. Well, it. it's interesting when I read a book by an author that I just, if I love the book or I love the author... I go for I, I search for podcast episodes that they may have done. So I've actually I actually saw um, on YouTube a interview she did in the library when when the book came out in the beginning. And and um, I agree she does. Yeah. But I was very sad to miss her. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Amy? What do you got going on? Well, these two ladies here were reading kind of new, newish releases, and I don't really read all that many new releases right when they come out. Some occasionally I do. I'm more of a backlist girl. But I was listening to an interview that Terry Gross did on Fresh Air, which is a, an NPR show. Um, it's a nationally syndicated show where she interviews artists, politicians, people of all, of all kinds. But she was doing an interview with Howard Stern. And she, okay. So in the beginning of the interview, he says to her, and I just found out that you wrote a book about interviewing. And I thought I should have read that book. So I'm not all that interested in Howard Stern, but I decided to go check out the book of her interviews. It was written in 2004 and it's called All I Did Was Ask. And it's a compilation of probably about 30 interviews that she had done all with different artists. So the, when I say artist, it could be a visual artist, it could be an author, a musician, an actor. Um, it was just, it was really fascinating. If you like listening to her show I and, her show. and uh, listening to her, her interviews, you would enjoy this book. Now, a lot of the people that were in this were some of them I had never heard of, especially the visual artists. And so when I would be reading the interview, I would go online and Google them and see what their artwork actually looks like. Uh, And it was just really interesting for, for all of the interviews, you know, she would ask them a little bit about their childhood and about growing up. And it was interesting to see where all of these people started and then where they ended up. But some of my favorite interviews were with Mary Carr. I don't know if you've ever read any of her books. Mm -hmm. Um, The interview she did with Samuel L. Jackson was very interesting. But uh, it all capped it off for me when she did an interview with Carol Shields. And Carol Shields is a famous author. She's Canadian. She wrote a book in 1993 that was a Pulitzer Prize winner called The Stone Diaries. I've read that. Which I read back way back when. And Um, So she was interviewing her, and um, Terry said, so in your books now, they put a reading guide in the back um, with reading discussion questions. What do you think about that? And she said she actually hates it. She hates it being part of the book itself. She thought it was okay for it to be online questions. You can go online and find questions, but she hated it being part of the book. And Terry asked her why, and she said, because anyone reading a book should not have a quiz at the end. 
Nice. And that That's her a good point. that yeah. her personal book club would hate it. And that, that would they, change the face of education as we know it. Yeah. Right? Well, she said that the people in her book club, they'd want to bring their own experiences to the reading instead of having it sort of dictated to them. But anyway, I thought that was that was interesting. But um, I enjoyed it. Like I said, if you like Terry Gross and you like her interviews her and, and you She's like a great interviewer, she really is a great interviewer. And if you and you just like learning about artistic people, I would recommend this book. What are you reading, Carrie? I am actually reading a book that my uh, almost sixth grader, rising sixth grader, recommended. He read Transall Saga by Gary Paulson this year at school. And Gary Paulson uh, has written... Yes, yeah, Hatchet, okay. yes. Um, and so I started reading that on his recommendation. I'm, I'm sort of going through a like a kid lit thing right now. Um, just Sometimes they're great to read just because they're really quick. Some of my Um, favorite books are my daughter's recommendations. Yeah. yeah. So I'm enjoying it. It's um, it is similar to Hatchet um, in that there's a boy and he's in a situation where he has to use survival skills. But you're not really sure if he's even on Earth anymore. So something happens at the beginning and he sort of. Well, you don't really know. You don't know if he fell into another dimension or went to another planet or you, you don't really know. And so um, so in some ways it feels a little bit like if you've read Hatchet or any of his books, you sort of feel like, oh, I've been here, done that. But at the same time, it's different enough that you're wondering, OK, where is he? Is he going to get back? What, what exactly is going on? So I'm uh, probably 19 chapters into it and, and it's good and it's quick. So I'm enjoying it. talk bookish pop culture with Jenny and Trisha and we're going to see which they think is better the movie or the book so I actually have this personal interest and in that I love it when books are made into movies or even tv adaptations and I love to read the book and then and then go watch that movie so I wanted to ask you too do you have any favorites that are uh, books to movies or books to tv adaptations our book club actually um, have gone to a couple movies after the books came out, you know, after we had read the books. One of them was The Help, mm. which I felt was a really good version of the book. So that was a really good one. And actually, I had my daughter read that book. She really likes The Secret Life of Bees. And so that, and so then after she read The Help, we watched the movie together, which was a really good thing. Because in my house, that's kind of what we do. If you want to watch the movie, you need to read the book first. Um, so I thought The Help was really, really well done. It was really well done. Two of my favorite book to movie adaptations they're both classic books and they're both cases where I feel like the movie is as good as the book one of them is To Kill a Mockingbird and the other one is The Grapes of Wrath both of them are older movies okay I was going to ask about Grapes of Wrath I can't picture okay so good And, and I generally never think the movie is as good as the book in 99% of the time 99% of the time the book for me the book's always going to be better because the book it's just you can't possibly do in a movie what the book does you just can't but those two books and those two movies it's incredible what they do i'm gonna i'm gonna be the contrarian and that i'm going to name two where i thought that the movie was better than the book let's see if you have oh. seen any of these 
Uh, one is Bridget Jones's Diary by Helen Fielding. I agree with the that. Movie the movie better. was better. I agree though with that too. Yeah. I had read the book a long time ago, and then yes, I still. It's actually and one it of has my, Colin Firth in it. That's one of my um, non-traditional holiday movies that I watch every December. Is Bridget Jones's Diary? Yeah, it's one of my favorites. The other one I would say is called Me Earl and the Dying Girl. Okay, I'm glad yes. you said that. Um, so I saw the movie first. So I I did come to it from the opposite way. So I had seen the movie and I loved the movie. And then last year I happened upon a copy of the book and I thought, oh, well, I'm going to try the book because I love the movie so much. And the book was fine, but I actually thought that they really fleshed things out much better in the movie than they did the book. The book, um, my gosh, he was 12 at the time. My 12 year old read it and really enjoyed it. And so I thought, I'm going to read this because the movie's coming out and then it's something we can do. And we actually saw it together with him on his 13th birthday but I read it and it was just my jaw kind of dropped reading that book because of the language there was a lot of right. there was a um, lot of language in but that book I agree the movie I enjoyed so much more and the friendships and the the dynamics it was it was really well done yeah. I agree with that well and I actually did the opposite of what you did Amy I started the book and I was like I don't really like this book but Brendan wanted to go see the movie and we thought I was like well I'll go I loved the movie, yeah. but I never did finish the book. I just wasn't that interested. So that book is by Jesse Andrews. It is a YA book, but there is a lot of foul language in it. So yes. if you are if you are a parent who has a child and you don't want them exposed to that, just FYI. Steer clear. <laughs> Steer clear. Uh, so I've got two books where I actually thought the movies were better than the books. Um, the first one, I read A Beautiful Mind by Sylvia Nasser. It's about the economist John Nash, mm -hmm. who had, um, I believe it was schizophrenia. And um, there was a 2001 film featuring Russell Crowe. And so the book was good, but it's really dense. And because he was an economist, it talked a lot about, you know, just all the sort of wonky economic terms and all this stuff. So it was it was hard to get through. So I enjoyed the movie. The other one was um, the book Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick. Now, That's a movie title? No. <laughs> no. The movie title, you will recognize, 1982, Blade Runner. Oh. oh wow. So okay. I, read the, I, I read the book, and, um, and I had seen Blade Runner. And so it's not that the book is bad, but I feel like the movie is is better um and, and they're they're different um but but those are ones that i was the book i was like Meh, but i kind of like the movie we want to thank you all so much for joining us thank today you, it's a been a lot of fun talking it's been to great. you thank yeah, you all. thanks for having us thank you for show notes about what we talked about check out our blog site at perksofbooklovers.wixsite.com you can also leave us feedback. We'd love to hear your suggestions. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Perks of Being a Book Lover to see what we are up to and when new episodes air. And if you're a member of a book club in any form, either in person or virtually, and would like to be a guest, please contact us at any of these sites as well. We always want to talk to fellow readers about what they're reading. A huge thank you to Forward Radio 106.5 FM, Community Radio in Louisville, Kentucky. You can find our show there live or in archives at forwardradio.org and SoundCloud.